Hello, friend. I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, season three. This season, we are taking time to better understand who the women in the New Testament are and their experiences. We will learn more of them, their story, and how Jesus Christ tutored their lives. We will learn more about how much Jesus Christ loves women. For the first 90 days of this season, you can also listen to the second weekly episode. We will be discussing the Book of Mormon. If you aren't aware of the Book of Mormon study group, check out the show notes or my website, todayiamenough.com, and you can sign up. We are reading the Book of Mormon from January 1st to March 31st, and each week I will share my thoughts on the weekly reading and what I take away from it. I am so grateful you're here. Thank you for listening. I did not do podcast episode last week. I ended up substituting kindergarten and it was pretty unexpected and I cannot do all the things. And so I didn't. (laughs) So I am going to do a quick recap of what we missed. Last week, we were reading Mosiah 9 through 20. Let's see, 9 through 23 or 5. Sorry, Mosiah 5 through 23. Um, so just as a quick recap of those chapters, Mosiah 9 through 22 is actually an account of Zenith, which I think is so neat. I love that we have other prophets and experiences written in here, written in the Book of Mormon, besides just those names that we read all the time. And then um, there's several stories from like breakoff stories in Mosiah where we hear about what happened to those who were separated and how they came to actually end up together. Mosiah 11 is the story of Abinadi, which is wonderful. I hope you took time to read these. And we learn about him and his testimony in chapter 13. Verse 3, Mosiah chapter 13, verse 3. I do want to read that really quick. He says, Touch me not, for God shall smite you if you lay your hands upon me, for I have not delivered the message which the Lord sent me to deliver. Neither have I told you that which ye requested that I should tell you. Therefore, God will not suffer that I shall be destroyed at this time. This totally reminded me of Nephi, and I loved it. Touch me not, for God shall smite you if you lay your hands upon me. So I love that we're just seeing what God can do, even in the exact same form with two different people and two totally different experiences. Um, I I don't know. I just love those that they're the same or so similar. So in chapter 15, Oh, Mosiah, verse one through three. I would like to talk about this a little bit too. When I read this, it just reminded me of why Jesus is called the father sometimes, the father and the son. So it says, and now Abinadi said unto them, I would that you should understand that God himself shall come down among the children of men and shall redeem his people. And because he dwelleth in the flesh, he shall be called the son of God. And having subjected the flesh to the will of the father, being the father and the son, the father, because he was conceived by the power of God and the son, because of the flesh, thus becoming the father and the son. However, we do know that God, the father, heavenly father, and Jesus Christ are two separate beings. 
And, but sometimes that reference goes back and forth between Jesus Christ, that he can be the father and the son, but he is not both of them. So, um, in chapter 17, this is when we meet Alma, the elder, and he is one of King Noah's priests and he hears Abinadi and believes him. And they wanted to put Abinadi to death, like suffer him that he would be put to death. And Alma did not want him to. And they decided they were going to chase after Alma. So he ran away. And Alma goes. And the first thing that he does is he finds this, um, the waters of Mormon. And so he goes and is here. And he begins writing everything down that Abinadi teaches so that he will not forget. And then people follow him. They find him. Those people that leave King um, King Noah or are kicked out. They come and find him. And Alma teaches them the things. And he talks about that he he um gives us he has authority from his he has authority that was given to him. So he is a priest, he's a high priest, and he does give that authority to other people. And they are only allowed to teach the things that Abinadi had taught. Those, that's what they were teaching. And so Alma goes and and he teaches. And um, I hope you took time to read that. There's a lot there, but we're not going to get into that. We are going to start off with Alma and his people in the wilderness. So we ended in chapter 23, but chapter 23 and 24 actually go together. So we'll kind of talk about both of them. So he, Alma the elder is one of those who left and were driven out by King Noah, like we just talked about. And in verse 17 through 20, it talks about how they were prospering and they had um, come to the city of Helam is what they called it. And it came to pass that they began to prosper exceedingly in the land and they called the land Helam. And it came to pass that they did multiply and prosper exceedingly in the land of Helam. And they built a city, which they called Helam. So they're doing good. Like they have left this circumstance that they wasn't necessarily great. And after a lot of tribulation, the Lord heard their cries and answered their prayers and they are doing well. And verse 21 says, never the Lord, nevertheless, the Lord did see fit to chasten his people. Yea, he, he trieth their patience and their faith. Nevertheless, whosoever putteth his trust in him, the same shall be lifted up in the last day. Yea, and thus it was with this people. So this scripture reminds us that sometimes we are chastened. He to be tried with our patience and our faith. But when we put our faith and trust in him, we will be lifted up at the last day. So then what comes isn't necessarily what they were hoping or expecting. And they they are tried. So they began to cry unto the Lord that he would soften the hearts of the Lamanites. So while they were in the land of Helam, the city of Helam, while tilling the land round about, behold, the army of Lamanites was in the borders of the land. And it came to pass that the brethren of Alma fled from their fields, gathered themselves, and they were frightened because of the appearance. And they said, like, Alma said not to be frightened and to remember God. And so they began to, they began to pray that the hearts of the Lamanites would be softened. 
So what happened was the Lamanites didn't kill them, but they kind of like took over their land and decided it was going to be their land. And so in this, they basically became enslaved to the Lamanites. So, um, sorry, I'm just trying to find where we're at. And they, so in verse, in chapter 24, um, Amulon, who is the Lamanite leader, I believe, he starts persecuting Alma and his people and say that they're going to put him to death. And so in verses, I think it starts in verse 10, that they were, there was a great affliction. And so they cried unto the Lord mightily. And Amulon commanded them that they needed to stop praying. They, he was like, you stop. You just can't do that anymore. In verse 12, in chapter 24 of Mosiah, and Alma and his people did not raise their voices to the Lord their God, but did pour out their hearts to him. And he did know the thoughts of their heart. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came to them in their afflictions, saying, lift up your heads and be of good comfort. For I know of the covenant which you have made unto me, and I will covenant with my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will ease the burdens which are put upon their shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do that you may stand as witnesses for me there hereafter, that you may know of a surety that I, the Lord, do visit my people in their afflictions. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light, and the Lord did strengthen them. And they could bear up their burdens with ease, and they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. And it came to pass that so great was their faith and their patience that the voice of the Lord came upon them again, saying, Be of good comfort, for on the morrow I will deliver you out of bondage. So I love this section because they were not immediately brought out of bondage. They had to show the Lord that they had faith in him. So their burden was not removed. They were given the strength they needed for their burden. In verse 15, the Lord did strengthen them that they could bear up their burdens with ease. The burden was not removed. They were still in this situation and it was still hard. But as they were felt good comfort and had faith in the Lord and the covenants that they had made with him, that he has made with them. They stood as witnesses and they poured out their hearts. And because of that, because of the great faith and their patience, because of faith and patience, they were able to receive deliverance out of their bondage. And so the Lord causes a deep sleep to come upon the Lamanites and they are able to sneak away. And in verse 21, it says, Yea, and in the valley of Alma, they poured out their thanks to God because he had been merciful unto them and eased their burdens and had delivered them out of bondage, for they were in bondage and none could deliver them except it were the Lord their God, and they gave thanks to God. I love this. I love that they escaped and they got to a safe place. And then the first thing they do is they gave thanks. They recognized the hand of God in their lives. And so they gave thanks to that. And 
I think it's so important that we take time to recognize the hand of God in our everyday lives, especially when we feel like we're in bondage and we're not sure where he is. But as we have faith and patience, we will be able to see that. Okay, so verse 27 is where, or chapter 27, excuse me, is where we meet Alma the Younger and his friends. I, we're going to go ahead and we're going to read some of this. I feel like so much of it is applicable and sounds just like our day. So 27 verse one says, and it came to pass that the persecution, which was inflicted on the church by the unbelievers became so great that the church began to murmur and complain in their leaders concerning the matter. And they did complain to Alma and Alma laid the case before the King Mosiah and Mosiah consulted with his priests. So the, there was persecutions were inflicted on the church by the unbelievers. And it became so great that those church members began to complain and murmur to their leaders because it was just really difficult. And verse three says, and there was a strict command throughout all the churches that there should be no persecutions among them and that there should be equality among all men. And verse five Yea, and all their priests and teachers should labor with their own hands for the support in all cases, save it were sickness. And doing these things, they did abound in the grace of God. So there was this command that they needed to have equality. They couldn't persecute each other. And um, they should not let pride rule or disturb the peace. And everyone should esteem his neighbor as himself. We have um, the son, three of the sons of Mosiah and Alma the son of Alma, um, who became wickeder and idolatrous men. And Alma was a man of many words and did speak much flattery to the people. Therefore, he led many of the people to do after the manner of his iniquities. And he became a great hindrance, hindrance in the prosperity of the church of God. As I read this, it just sounded so familiar. I feel like there's so many there's so many people that are doing this, whether they're in or whether they're out of the church, they've never been in the church. I, there's just a lot of persecution and a lot of wishy-washiness and a lot of people that have left the church that are bringing people with them. And I just think it's interesting to see that parallel. So, and then in verses 11 through 16 um, of Mosiah 27, and as I said unto you, as they were going about rebelling against God, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and he descended as it were a cloud, and he spake unto them with a voice of thunder, which caused the earth to shake upon which they stood. And so great was their astonishment that they fell to the earth and understood not the words which he spake unto them. Nevertheless, he cried again, saying, Alma, arise and stand forth, for why persecute thou the church of God? For the Lord has said, This is my church. And I will establish it, and nothing shall overthrow it, save it is the transgression of my people. And again the angel said, Behold, the Lord hath heard the prayers of his people, and also the prayers of a servant. And Alma, who is thy father, who has prayed much faith concerning thee, that thou mightest be brought to the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, for this purpose have I come to convince thee of the power and authority of God, that the prayers of his servants might be answered according to their faith. And now behold, can ye dispute the power of God? And behold, doth not my voice shake the earth? And can ye not also behold me blessed before you? 
and I am sent for God. And I said unto thee, Go and remember the capacity of thy fathers in the land of Helam and in the land of Nephi, and remember how great things he has done for them. For they were in bondage, and he delivered them. And now I say unto you, Alma, Go thy way and seek to destroy the church no more. So there's two parts of this that I really love. And the first one, is in 13 where he says, and I will establish my church and nothing shall overflow, overthrow it, save it be the transgression of my people. So we know now like nothing will overthrow the church of God now. And I just think it's interesting to think about that. Like it's important to remember because the, the world is just going to get louder. The world is just going to get louder. The transgressions are just going to continue but nothing can overthrow his church. And we can be in that part that is not overthrown if we are doing our best to live the gospel. And I also love that he said, remember the capacity of thy fathers in the land of Helam, which we just talked about. But it's important, the memory of our ancestors and the things we can learn about them. And as we do family history, we can literally have the, those people with us as angels. and. I think it's so important to remember that, that our ancestors and what they have done and what they've created for us matters. I think even if we go to the temple and we have no idea whose name it is that we're taking, there's no reason that they wouldn't have a desire to help you and be with you in this life and guide and direct you because of the things that you have done for them. And so I love that I love that this angel tells him, like, remember those that came before you and the miracles that were given and the bondage that they were delivered out of. We are going to move to chapter 29. Kind of sticking in Mosiah for most of today. Chapter 29, just as like a reference, I remember as like a teenager and even young adult being like, where did these judges like, what are these reign of the judges? And so chapter 29 is where it talks about the judges and how they're going to not have a king. They're going to have judges. And this is like a calendar of some sort, basically, that they use for keeping time moving forward for a while here. So this is where this is the book of Alma, the book of Alma, the younger kind of begins. Um, and we start, this is where we're starting to hear from him. And Alma is appointed to be the chief judge, Alma, the younger. So that's what the book of Alma is the book of Alma, the younger, not Alma, the elder. So if you didn't know the outcome of the angel of when Alma and the, the sons of Mosiah were wicked, they all repented and became incredible missionaries, which is what most of Alma is about the end becomes about Helaman, but we are going to talk about this for just a moment. Okay. Chapter one of Alma. I want to read a couple verses. So we're going to read um, one Alma one 24 through 26. For the hearts of many were hardened and their names were blotted out and they were remembered no more among the people of God. And so many withdrew themselves from among them. Now, this was a great trial to those who did stand fast in the faith. Nevertheless, they were steadfast and immovable in keeping the commandments of God, and they bore with patience the persecution which was heaped upon them. And when the priests left their labor to impart the word of God upon the people, the people also left their labors and hear the words of God. And when the priests had imparted upon them the word of God, they all returned again diligently into their labors, and the priests 
not redeeming himself, not esteeming himself above his hearers of the pe- preacher, with no better than the hearers, neither was the teacher any better than the learner, and thus they were all equal, and they did labor every man according to his strength. The part that I really love is verse 25. And well, it talks about they were remembered no more because they had to withdraw themselves. And this was a great trial to those that did stand fast in the faith. Nevertheless, they were steadfast and immovable in keeping the commandments of God, and they bore with patience the persecution which was heaped upon them. They kept their covenants. They kept the commandments. They they knew what was true, and they stuck with it, even if it was hard, but they stayed immovable, and they kept the commandments, and they bore everything with patience. And I just think that's so telling of these people, but I also think it's so relatable to us in our time. I also love verse 33, and it came to pass that by thus exercising the law upon them, every man suffered according to that which he had done. They became more still and durst not commit any wickedness, if it were known. Therefore, there was much peace among the people of Nephi until the fifth year of the reign of the judges. I like that um, every man suffered according to that which he had done, that they became more still and did not commit wickedness. And there was much peace. I love that stillness brought peace. That's what stood out to me in those, in that verse right there, those little section of words. I just, I think it's beautiful. Stillness really can bring peace into our lives and into our homes. Okay. Chapter five is so great. So these are the words of Alma to the high priests, according to the holy order of God. This is Alma teaching. I have so many verses that I love in this one, but we're going to talk about starting in verse 12. It talks about the image of God. And according to his faith, there was a mighty change wrought in his heart. Behold, I say unto you that this is all true. And behold, he preached the word unto the fathers that they might change. And that a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful until the end. Therefore, they were saved. And now, behold, I ask you, my brethren of the church, have you spiritually been born of God? Have you received his image in your countenance? Have you experienced his mighty change in your heart? Do you exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith and view this mortal body raised in mortality and this corruption raised in incorruption? to stand before God, to be judged according to the deeds which you have done in this mortal body. I say unto you, can you imagine to yourself that you hear the voice of the Lord saying unto you in that day, come unto me, ye blessed, for behold, your works have been the works of righteousness upon the face of the earth. I think this is a really reflective section. And I don't think we have to feel perfect in this. I don't feel like we have to feel like it's a one and done because it's going to be a lifetime. I think it's a good section to ask these questions and evaluate where you are. Where are you using your time? How are you receiving Christ in your life? Are you willing to accept his will and heed to it and live that? In verse 19, it says, I say unto you, you can look up having the image of God, a grave, can you look up? Um, having the 
image of God engraven upon your countenance. I love that you use the word engraven. It reminded me, I think it was in second Nephi, right? That God has graven us into the palms of his hands. So are we willing to have the image of God engraven upon our countenance, the way we appear and look and act and are towards other people? Is that engraven upon us through God? Uh, verse 21, I say unto you, you will know at that day that you cannot be saved, for there can be no man saved except his garments are washed white. Yea, his garments must be purified until they are cleansed from the stain through the blood of him who has been sp spoken by our fathers, who should come to redeem his people from their sins. Just repentance. I think it's just important to let him know what we've done or recognize what we've done and do our best to change it. If we've yelled at our kids, make sure you're apologizing and teaching your kids how to apologize and not just by telling them to apologize, but by being that example of apology and just, just recognizing the things that you don't like or that you need to change to become closer to him and implementing them. I, it's a, it's a, all of these are going to be a lifelong process. It's nothing we have to be perfect at. And I think that's really essential to remember. 26 and 27 and 28, I have all of them written down. And now behold, I say unto you, my brethren, if ye have experienced a change in heart, and if ye have felt to sing a song of redeeming love, I would ask, can you feel it now? Have you walked, keeping your yourselves blameless before God? Can you say if you were called to die at this time within yourselves, that ye have been sufficiently humbled, that your garments have been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ, who will come to redeem his people from the sin? Behold, are you stripped of pride? I say unto you, if you are not, you are not prepared to meet God. Behold, you must prepare quickly, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand, and such as an, one hath not eternal life. I feel like this relates so much to President Nelson and the things that he's trying to teach us, to learn to hear the Spirit and recognize that, and to know God, and to receive revelation and be prepared, because I feel like this is really applicable, that we need to be prepared to meet God not only in death, but potentially in our life. And I think it's important to really Im uh, implement these things. And verse 31 and 32, that we need to repent. We need to make sure that we're repenting and remembering that step in our lives. And uh, verse 34 says, come unto me. Verse 36 says, the time is at hand that we need to seek him. And Verse 40 says that, um, for I say unto you that whatsoever is good cometh from God and whatsoever is evil cometh from the devil. It's really that simple, friends. We cannot call good, ev good, evil and evil good, which is so much what's happening. We need to remember that whatsoever is good cometh from God, period. <laughs> and what is evil comes from the devil, period. And in verse 43, it says, hear me. We need to hear the prophets. We need to hear our Savior. And in this instance, it's Alma saying, hear me, for I have been called to speak about these things. And are we listening? Are we hearing the prophet of God? And then in verse um, 40, 45, the end of 45 and 46, it says, And how could you suppose that I know of this surety? Behold, I say unto you, they are made known unto me by the Holy Spirit of God. 
Behold, I have fasted and prayed many days that I might know these things for myself. And now I do know of myself that they are true. For the Lord God had made them manifested to me by the Holy Spirit. And this is the spirit of revelation, which is in me. It it wasn't, I mean, he did have really grand experiences, but the reason he knew it was true was because the spirit testified. If you don't know how the spirit speaks to you, I would invite you to ask. Ask in prayer that you can recognize and understand how the spirit speaks to you. Then ask if things are true, if there's things that you're struggling with, because he will say it to you. He will let you know. In verse 48 of chapter five, he says, and I say unto you, I know myself that whatsoever I shall say unto you concerning that which is to come is true. I say unto you that I know Jesus Christ shall come, yea, the son, the only begotten of the father, full of grace and mercy and truth. And behold, it is he that cometh to take away the sins of the world, yea, the sins of every man who steadfastly believeth on his name. I just think he has such a simple testimony that he just, he knows because of the spirit and he knows Jesus and he knows that it's coming. Alma 7, Alma is teaching the people of Gideon and he testifies and talks of Jesus Christ and his life in verses like 10 through 14, I think. And he talks about Mary and the atonement and the resurrection and being delivered and that we are invited to come and be washed clean and be baptized and repent and receive him. And it's, it's a really beautiful invitation. And in Alma 8, this is where Alma goes to Melech. And he is, um, they are not nice to him. They basically, they just tell him that he needs to leave. And so he left and he went three days journey north to, um, from Melech. And he came to the city of Ammonihah. He labored and he was wrestling in mighty prayer. And the people in Ammonihah were not nice either. And so he went to the city of Aaron. And while he was there in verse 14 of chapter eight, it said, it came to pass that while Amma, Ammon, Alma, excuse me, was thus weighed down with sorrow, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, saying, Blessed art thou, Alma. Therefore, lift up thy head and rejoice, for thou hast great cause to rejoice. For thou hast been faithful in keeping the commandments of God from the time which thou received thy first message from him. Behold, I am he that delivered it unto you. And behold, I am sent to command thee that thou shalt return to the city of Ammoniah and preach again unto the people of the city. Ye preach unto them, ye say unto them, except that they repent, the Lord will destroy them. Okay, I love verse 15 because we find out this angel that comes to Alma is the same angel that came and delivered him when he was crying unto the people wickedness. And so this is like Alma's angel. It makes me wonder who, who it is, but he's been to um, Alma and I hot and they were terrible. They were so mean to him and he did not want to go back. He didn't know what to do. And that's why he went to the city of Aaron. But um, then the angel came and said, he needs to go back. So he goes back, he goes into the city a different way and he meets Amulek, who of course um, we learn has been prepared and the angel has come to him and they do great things together. And the rest of the section for this week is actually Alma and Amulek 
teaching the people of Ammonihah. And it ends in verse in chapter 14, and we went to chapter 13. So I did skip ahead and I finished their journey together. So we are going to jump to the very end of chapter 13, and we're going to talk about chapter 14 for the majority of the rest of this. So at the end of chapter 13, starting in verse 27, it says, And now, my brethren, I wish from the inmost parts of my heart, yea, great anxiety even with pain, that you would hearken unto my words and cast off your sins and not procrastinate the day of your repentance but that ye would humble yourselves before the Lord and call on his holy name and watch and pray continually that ye may not be tempted above that which ye can bear and thus be led by the Holy Spirit, becoming humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love and all longsuffering, having faith on the Lord, having a hope that ye shall receive eternal life, having the love of God always in your heart that ye may be lifted up at the last day and endure and enter into his rest. I love that it invites us to enter into his rest. That is so much what President Nelson has been speaking about the last little bit. We need to stay faithful. That's what he's talking about. And we can endure the persecution that we will receive or the temptations even, I think, as you scroll Instagram or have friends that may be wishy-washy or not doing those things that you feel you need to do focusing on what you need to do to become closer to him, to be humble and continually watch and pray that you may not be tempted above what you can bear. And I think, I think what that means, if we are continually watching and praying, we will be tempted because we're all going to be tempted. But when we have the spirit with us, we will be strengthened. Just like we talked about, we will be strengthened to be able to bear those things to be able to overcome or not give into the temptations. And when we when we do give into temptations or when we are given something that's really difficult, it's not that we won't be able to, it's not that um, it won't be harder than what we can have, but that the Lord will be with us to strengthen us and rise us to that occasion. And we need to have faith and hope and love. And when we do those things, we can find rest. <clears throat> So chapter 14 is when, oh, how do we start this chapter? So they are going to be going to prison. And before they, they like bind them up. And before they take them to prison, they take all the believers and they cast them into the fire. And they just kind of taunt Alma and Amulek like, if you're so powerful, if your God's powerful, save him. And Amulek says in verse 10, therefore, let us stretch forth our hand and exercise the power of God, which is in us and save them from the flames. Amulek knows they can save them. And Alma said unto him, the spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth mine hand for behold, the Lord receiveth them upon himself in glory. And he does suffer that they may do this thing or that the people may do this thing unto them according to the hardness of their hearts. And the judgments which he shall exercise upon them in his wrath may be just. The blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. And then Amulek says, perhaps they'll burn us. And Alma says, but be it according to the will of the Lord. But behold, our work is not finished. Therefore, they burn us not. I can't imagine how difficult that situation would be to watch these people that um, believed you and you had taught and had experiences with just to 
not be able to stop them. But to know that they were going to be going up with God, hopefully helped take that blow a little. They were cast into prison and the the king kept coming and trying to get them to talk. All these people kept trying to get them to talk and they would say nothing. They just kept saying nothing. They just kept taking it. They were spit upon. They were hit. They were taken no food, no clothes, um, no water. And they were just bound by strong cords and confined in prison. And it says in verse 23, and it came to pass after they had suffered for many days. And it was on the 12th day in the 10th month in the 10th year of the reign of the judges that the chief judge over the land of Ammoniah and many of their teachers and their lawyers went into prison where Alma and Amulek were. So all these people that had been trying to get them to talk, come in. And the chief judge stood, I guess it was the chief judge, not the king, excuse me, who is wicked, um, came before them and smote them again and said, if ye have the power of God, deliver yourself from these bands, and then we will believe the Lord destroyed this people according to his words. And the next verse says, and when the last had spoken unto them, so all these people go through and they repeat exactly the same thing. They hit them. They tell them that they will believe if God delivers them. And when the last had spoken unto them, the power of God was upon Alma and Amulek, and they rose and stood upon their feet, which I'm sure was in and of itself a miraculous event after all they'd been through. And Alma cried, saying, How long shall we suffer these great afflictions, O Lord? O Lord, give us strength according to our faith, which is in Christ, even unto deliverance. And they broke the cords which they were bound made me think of Nephi again, how he asked to be able to burst the bounds and the bounds were loosed. But here the bounds were broken. And when the people saw this, they began to flee for the fear of destruction had come upon them. They would not believe until they saw. And it came to pass that so great was their fear that they fell to the earth and did not obtain the outer door of the prison. And the earth shook mightily and the walls of the prison rent between. And as they fell to the earth and the chief judge and the lawyers and the priests and the teachers who smote upon Alma and Amulek were slain by the fall thereof. And Alma and Amulek came forth out of prison and they were not hurt. For the Lord granted unto them power according to their faith, which was in Christ. And they straightway came forth out of the prison and they were loosed of their bands and the pri- they were loosed that time. And the prison had fallen to the earth and every soul within the wall thereof, save it were Alma and Amulek was slain and they were straightway come forth out of the city. And when they saw Alma and Amulek coming forth out of the prison and the walls thereof had flat, fallen to the earth, they were struck with great fear and fled from the presence of Alma and Amulek, even as the goat fleeth from his young from two lions. And thus they did flee from the presence of Alma and Amulek. I think it's interesting that they essentially had to wait until everyone was in the building that had been persecuting them at once because they didn't usually come all at once. They came kind of one at a time. But when they were all in there all at once, that is when they were saved. That is when everyone in the building was killed and Alma and Amulek walked out. They're immediately commanded to leave the city at this point, um, starting in verse 15. So I just think their continuous example of faith and willingness to share the word of God and to just keep teaching, no matter what the consequence was, is incredible 
And I think we see that in so many of the prophets. And I just, I think it's something that we can learn to implement in our own life. And as we testify the gospel, whether it be in our families, but I think just talking of Christ more and of the Book of Mormon and what we're reading. Teach your family what you're reading in the Book of Mormon and what you're learning and just talk of Christ more and let these be conversations that continue in your home. Thanks so much for joining me today.